You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, we're sharing seven revenue boosters that also increase profit. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. The episode you're about to listen to is one of five in a powerful business transforming series that we have put together for you called Down to Business. It's an in-depth, inside look under the hood of how we run an eight-figure company at a high level of performance with a high profit margin. And as you dive into this episode, I want to help you get the most out of this powerful series. When you head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB, that's mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB for down to business, you're going to get your hands on a free accompanying workbook called the 5X Your Business Performance Workbook designed to help you implement and integrate the exercises and training that we've provided for you in these five episodes. So head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB right now, grab that workbook and enjoy the episode. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm James Wedmore. And I'm Jilly Cedeno. And this is the Mind Your Business Podcast, where we help you step into the role of being an unleashed, unstoppable entrepreneur so you can create a bigger impact in the world. This is it. We are here. I'm ready. We are doing a new series on the show that we're very excited about. The feedback has been fantabulous. So thank you guys so much for all the DMs and the comments and the sharing and the retweeting and the reposting <laughs> and all that goodness. Our new series... Down to business. This is a series where we are taking a look under the hood of our business, of your business, at what makes it tick, what makes it run, and why it's so important that we've got to have this stuff in place. You know, without it, you just got like a fancy veneer and I don't know, that that hamster in the wheel. Like that's all I can see is like the car, you lift up the hood and there's like a hamster. <laughs> yeah, just that's, chugging along. <laughs> right. And you got a lot of people, you know, running business like that. So we're here to help with that and we're here to make it fun. And so we've done two episodes so far on this. The first one was really creating a very powerful distinction around the personal brand and the role of the CEO that is absolutely required in your business. It doesn't have to be you. No. You know, I we know we've talked a little bit about partnerships and, you know, strategic relationships like that. But for most of us, it is. And, and just then, understanding the distinction and knowing that there is two roles. Yeah, absolutely. And then we also talked about the our pesky expenses that creep up on us. In fact, you were just talking yesterday. Yeah, I did a quick like 20 minute audit. If you guys listen to the last episode, you'll know what I mean. And I saved another $300 a month in expenses. $300 a month. There you go. You know, quick 20 minutes of my life. Right. <laughs> How did you do that? I just looked at the credit card statement and then just researched what every little thing was mm -hmm. that I didn't really know what it was already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like pieces of software were like, we don't use that anymore. Right. And it's just like, how can we reallocate that? You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so amazing. So we've got a lot of great episodes, part of the series coming up. In fact, we have a very special guest. Our operations director, oh, Darlene, so is coming on. She's going to give us the ultimate operations checklist. What else do we have in future episodes? Let's see. I don't remember. <laughs> We've batched this all out. We're so proud of ourselves. We've got an episode all dedicated to performance. Uh, how to be a lean, mean performance machine in your business. That's mm -hmm. something that we're really passionate about. So we're going to be talking about that. But today, we're going to talk about how to increase revenue. And it's not like your typical episode that you'd hear on a business or marketing podcast about how to make more money, which we're all about. But we want to do this from the lens, the frame of ways in which you can increase revenue in your business that by increasing revenue, you're increasing that profit margin. And that's a massive distinction that we are bringing to this conversation that you're going to see in a moment when we get into it, that you can be increasing revenue and sales while decreasing your profit or maintaining it. 
And we want to talk about ways in which it's actually going to boost it. I get really excited about that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, this is an episode to put your CEO hat on. Yeah. <laughs> Seven ways to increase profit while increasing revenue. I think that's this is something everyone's going to want to hear. It's just a much more like high-level strategic way of you know, mapping out the income streams that you want in your business and, and how to choose the right ones and say no to the others. We actually had a great experience, which we'll have in an, a future episode, which we're calling the art of saying no, which we're very excited about because I think the higher you get and the, I think the quicker you want to mature in your business, the quicker we're going to have to get on board with you saying no more because mm-hmm. every yes is a no to something else. And being able to have that maturity and business acumen to understand that you don't just run around saying yes to everything. In fact, I think a lot of yeses are lack-based yeses. Totally. Like, oh, I may never get an opportunity like this ever again. Yeah. So I'm just going to say yes to everything. And you may not realize that some of your yeses are you settling. Mm. Never settle, my friends. Because you settling, we say this in that episode, you settling is like you communicating to the universe that you're not worthy of anything more than that. So true. That's as good as I can get. That's all I deserve. So that's like, that, wow, that's really big stuff. So yeah, it's also could be, you know, you could be worried about a future that hasn't happened yet. And you're, you know, kind of like planning ahead and being mm-hmm. quote unquote safe, but right. you're actually still coming from a place of lack in those decisions. Well, and scarcity and mm-hmm. fear and, and all that stuff. And, you know, you don't want to be driven by fear when you're making your decisions. Fear is your worst advisor. So we got a great episode in store for you. We're going to do some updates because, you know, we don't always update you because we have so much we want to share and so much we got to get into. But there is so much happening in the world of Team Wedmore and Jilly and and myself. We're sitting here in one of our half-finished Airbnbs. It's our Mm -hmm. mobile portable podcast studio that we've got going here. We've got the beautiful view of the red rocks in the background. We're filming this. So we're now on YouTube. So we're putting clips. Uh, shout out to our team member, Atlas, who is our local Sidonian here, who's who's helping us jumpstart the YouTube channel back up. I'm excited about doing some of the YouTube stuff. I'm so excited. It really takes me back to the good old days. The old days. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. When we were just like all over the YouTube. And it's really funny just to, just to make fun of people for a moment. <laughs> You know, back in 2016, we made the decision to start a podcast. And up until that point, we've been doing videos like at least one every single week. All the time we're doing videos on YouTube. And then all of a sudden, crickets. And I went to podcast. And people start making these silly assumptions and predictions. Oh, is YouTube dead? Does he know something we don't? Is this the end of YouTube? And it was really simple. I tell people, no, it's very simple. The message changed. And so the medium had to change. I wanted to talk to people in a longer format about less tangible, less visual oriented things. And I wanted people to go on a walk or a drive while I talked to them for an hour. Whereas YouTube was like five minutes. Here's how to make your video set. Go. You know, I was talking right. as fast as I could. And that was that. So, but now what we're going to be doing is taking a lot of clips because I still listen to YouTube a ton. I love mm-hmm. just having the app on my phone and, and going for it. So make sure you guys are subscribed over there on YouTube and leaving comments and hanging out with us. We're going to be doing some fun stuff over there on the YouTubes. That's youtube.com forward slash James Wedmore. We're going to be posting all kinds of clips and, and a bunch of little like bonus trainings and behind the scenes stuff. So yep. a lot of great stuff coming your way. What else is happening in your neck of the woods? Let's see. We just wrapped up the onboarding of our new mastermind. The 2021 Performance Mastermind. Woo. We're really excited about this. But so the hardest thing we do every year. Yep. Hardest thing we do every year is we get a ton of applicants. You know, we have to say no to a lot of people. And I, we always try to tell them, and I don't think they believe us, like it's for most it really isn't personal. It's a numbers thing. And you get so many people for so few seats. And we have to keep the, the seats really small because of the intimacy and the connection and making it a pure, actual mastermind. And we've got a great group this year. I mean, just some like super high performance. And people, I can guarantee you, I'm making predictions right here. People you haven't heard of yet, that by the end of this year, you will. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one of our skills that I love to brag about is I can see that potential in others. And I can see what these members have in store for the world. And I'm very excited about that because we're doing the mastermind a little differently. We've added a curriculum track to it all around the realm of performance, personal performance, business performance, team performance, leadership, all these things that are required if you want to go big, if you want to get to eight figures and beyond, you know what I mean? And those are the things that really took us. We're going to do an episode on that in the future around what really had to shift internally within me and then within our company to take us to eight figures. It's not what you think. It's not that it, you keep chasing these things, these external things. And it's not, it's, it's really not those like, mm-hmm. oh, they just have a better marketing campaign. It's like every marketing strategy that you've heard out there 
someone has been successful with it. Right. So it's something else. You know what I mean? You need a great one. You need a great one, right? But I know people that have scaled to multi-millions with webinars, with challenges, with launches, with video series, with automation. Like, you know, people are chasing the external. There's a lot of other things out to ship. So that's coming in that episode. It's gonna be really great. Yeah, and to touch on that real quick, really, we've been doing the same marketing strategies for years. It's just the other stuff that's changed. (laughs) Well, and we're gonna talk about that too in a future episode about the importance of momentum. Right, exactly. uh, I've been saying this for years. Consistency breeds momentum, friends. And most people aren't consistent. Why aren't you consistent? You're not consistent because you're not committed. Mm. That's something that, I don't know, today it comes very easy to me. It's like, we make a decision, we do it, no matter what. We do it. And this kind of comes into the episodes of Down to Business. Like, a lot of people are using a business to entertain them. And I just want to do what lights me up and, you know, da, da, da. And... You need a, a level of discipline. Business is going to be boring at times. <laughs> and if you're just doing what entertains you, okay, that's great. But then who's doing that part that you don't want to do because you don't just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like looking at my numbers or my P&L or doing my debriefs. Okay, so you don't feel like doing the things that your business needs, requires, then who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. And obviously today, like there's a lot of things where I'm like, yeah, I don't like doing this anymore but I put someone in place or exactly. something in place to replace that. This is why we get so passionate about this because these are these are not the things like, you want to turn your computer into an ATM machine and shoot out money. It's like, this is how to actually be a disciplined business owner to run a machine that is a well-oiled machine, like running like a Swiss watch. Yeah, I think that's why we're so passionate about team too because we understand that you're not going to want to do everything. That's the point of no. getting a team. Exactly. Right, exactly. You want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far. Go together. Go, we go together. And oh, okay. So we got one of our Airbnbs listed. Crashing I've got to have to, I got to show the before and afters because this was the Airbnb that we put the most, it was the biggest risk because it needed the most work. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a flashback to like 1975. <laughs> Damn. So we had new floors, new countertop, new paint. New deck. Oh, we built a deck. I mean, and it's just a transformed property. I mean, blood, sweat, and tears went into this. A lot of tears, <laughs> let me tell you. And it's done and we listed it and this thing is booked up like crazy through April. Yeah. And you keep having to raise the prices, which is so funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a, we're going to have to do another episode in the future about the parallels of this business to ours. Like it's so different and so similar in terms of like, there's the same principles apply universally. That's why they're principles, but you approach things a little differently. Like when you sell an online course, sometimes you guys take it for granted that you could sell thousands of that online course. You have an unlimited inventory. I do not. I have 30 days of inventory. (laughs) I have 30 products I can sell in a month. No more and no less. I mean, yeah, you could sell less, but you have 30 products because you have 30 slots on the calendar. You can't create more days in the year. So you have to find ways to maximize revenue and it has to do with price. And then you got to say, okay, what's going to get me the highest price? It's so cool. Like I've gotten like way geeked out into the software. We have this really cool software out there called Price Labs. I think it's called Price Labs, pricelabs.co. And it creates this whole dynamic pricing structure where it allows you to adjust your prices based on the season and the weekend or day of the week, the time of the year, how far out from the future, all this stuff. And it's all designed to maximize prices. It really freaking works. So it's really fun getting into that and applying everything that you're learning. You know, and that's the whole thing is like, you guys are, if you're in it, you're playing the game, you're out there, you're learning so much skills that you get to take with you. And I'll never forget that because we'll get into this episode eventually. (laughs) But I started one of my first businesses. I mean, I had like lemonade stands and all that stuff. I had all kinds of that stuff. I'd take all my parents' stuff and, and sell it at a garage sale and Saturdays and stuff like that. But when I was about 15, 1998, I started selling stuff on eBay. And like I had inventory. I was buying and selling motorcycles and stuff like that and stripping them down to the parts and sell them on eBay. And I was 15 and I was doing like two grand a week. And my dad told me something that was so simple because they were just like, as parents, they had no idea what I was doing. They're like, uh, we support you. <laughs> like, what are you doing? We don't know how to help you, but great job. My dad says something so simple. He's like, you may not realize it now, but you are learning so much that will inform your future. You are learning so many skills, so many lessons about business, about sales, about people, about communication. And 
he was so right because when you're a kid, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like that, you know, monkey mind, like voice in your head gets louder as you get older mm-hmm. and you have to like learn to master that. But as a kid, it's almost like you just let ignorance or dumb luck like drive you and you're just like, I want to do this today. Okay. And you yeah, just it's like, do you it. know, you don't know anything. You're like, I'm just going to figure it out because right. it's fun. Yeah. And because I look back to that and it's like, I never, I didn't have a doubt. I didn't question myself. I didn't be like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I just decided to do things and I just did it. And you see people, you know, we're grown ass adults and we're sitting there like, I don't know what's going to happen. What if it doesn't work? And like, here was this 15 year old version of me that was just like, yeah, okay, cool. (laughs) And I would do these things. And my parents would like, their jaws would drop. Like, like people coming to the house, like to pick up motorcycles and like handing me cash and stuff. And I'm just walking back into the house, like counting my money, you know, like this roll of hundreds. And they're just like, who is this kid? And I didn't think anything of it. And then I'd go out and like buy a truck or something, you know, like I'll buy subwoofers. I bought a lift kit and I'm, subwoofers. you know what I mean? And all this stuff. And it's like, gosh, we got to go back to that. And when I say we, I'm like, you guys are listeners. Like, it's got to be that same energy of just like, yeah, I just going to go do this thing. And I just did it and bada bing, bada boom. So anyways, so many updates. Yep. We probably have more for you, but we're going to get into today's episode. It's probably about time. (laughs) Seven revenue boosters that are going to help you increase revenue, obviously, but also profit. And I think this is important to say before we go too much further that it's asinine to think that increasing revenue automatically solves a profit problem or increases profit or profit margin. We've given you guys this metaphor, the leaky bucket, and you go, oh my goodness, look at all the water that's leaking out of this bucket because there's holes in it and you put in more water. You got to plug the holes. That's what the first two episodes were really about. But just putting more water in isn't going to do that. For example, I see this happen all the time. You go out and you say, okay, I'm going to do a launch. You do that launch. Let's say you make $10,000, but you spent $8,000 in ads. And you're like, oh, that's like, I didn't, uh, that's not enough. Like I only got 2,000 left. So you reactively go, I need more money. I'll do it again. And you repeat it. And it's the same amount of work or similar amount of work and all that push and all that effort and the same amount of ad spend to make another 10K. So now you're on a reactive cycle. Mm-hmm. Everything is like reactive, reactive, reactive. And you're using the next reactive thing to solve the reaction problem of the past. You repeat in a little merry-go-round. I hope this is really making sense. But what we don't look at is every time we're doing all of that, we run the risk of opportunity cost, the time and the energy that goes into that, which if you would have just paused and slowed down, you could have said there may be a better way here to do something that's more profitable or generates more revenue without as much time and effort and expense. You know what I mean? Like we have to look at those things. Now, obviously there's another example, which is if you're just being irresponsible with, and people do this all the time with, I generated this amount of money, but it costs the same amount of money to do it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to sell tickets to a little VIP retreat. You made five grand and it cost you five grand. Plus it cost you the time to do that. Plus it costs you the time that it took you away from doing something else. Right. Plus you're not making another offer when you're at that live event. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And we have to look at that. We have to look at like just making more money isn't just the answer. So we talked about this too. We talk about this all the time. We really want to reiterate as well before we jump into this that you should have some sort of revenue goal every single 90 days. The what is predictable number. Okay, so you can have a goal like here's my wish, here's my dream. That's awesome. But I'd also like you have a number of like, what are we on track for? What is the most predictable number that we're pacing? Because that's going to give you a realistic future timeline of where you're headed. Mm -hmm. So some people just throw out numbers and they think that if they throw out that number, they magically hit it. And they're like, I don't get it. I wrote down $200 million and I didn't make it. It's like, okay, can we use past data to inform predictable behavior for the future? Doesn't mean that's the guarantee. That doesn't mean we're not going to shoot for the, the moon. But there should be something that's kind of pacing that every 90 days. And so many people, like we talk about this all the time. People are like, oh, I'm not doing a revenue generating thing this 90 days. I'm like, yeah. okay, don't come to me at the end of the year and talk about a, a revenue problem. I think the biggest one we see is probably like, I'm building my audience first. That's definitely the... yeah. 
Right. And mm-hmm. I've said this for so long. That's a really dangerous. And it's like, I think it's one of the, I mean, you could do it right. But if you just hear that piece of advice, which is thrown around so much, it can really send people in the wrong direction. Why? Because you shouldn't be building an audience at all. What? Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's saying that. No, you really should be building a pathway or a plan to get leads, interested people. And yes, that comes from your audience. So it's like you have an audience, which is like a pool. And from that audience, you are getting people to become a lead, which is someone who's interested and more likely to buy now than they were before. Without a lead, you don't have a sale. So what a lot of people do is they just build an audience and they're building an audience in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Like, great, you got a bunch of people, but they don't ever want to buy your stuff. Right, and there's no like, launch energy momentum to keep them excited exactly and And when you realize that a launch or a webinar or whatever builds your audience Mm -hmm. if you went and said i'm going to do a webinar once a month every month every person that registers is somebody who's getting on your email list yeah i would say probably like 90 percent of our list growth comes from like launch of course it does our biggest surges Mm -hmm. in audience and lists and leads comes out of the launch effect that we have right so I think that's crazy. Anyways, that's just, we're going to share with you our opinions. You know, you do do what you want with that. We're going to share with you seven ways that you can start generating more revenue that has the potential, if done correctly, to increase profit margin as well. Also, some of the things you're going to learn in this episode, you can actually help if you are need a, an emergency parachute, a contingency plan if you didn't make the money or you're kind of strapped for cash in certain ways. Because we don't want you doing things reactionary and then like out of a reactionary fear-based decision, you throw out strategy and savvy thinking out the window. Right. Do not replace smart intelligence and strategy for fear reactionary-based decisions. Exactly. Look at this as more like a way to get even beyond your goal or to hit it if you know your original plan doesn't work out. Yeah. And it's just like stacking these things on. So... So yeah, we're going to share with you seven ways. My best advice for you as you listen is to listen for the number one that's jumping out to you that you're going to apply. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the other thing too is like, as we look at this as a business machine, what all of these have in common really is ways to increase output money without expending additional input. That's really the things we're going to look at, like increasing sales without more time, effort, and money Mm -hmm. as much as we can. So here we go. Let's do it. Number one, this is the easiest. This is the stupidest way. The most simple way. This is the one that you're going to smack your hand to the forehead. And that is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, raising your prices. Mm. That takes absolutely zero effort whatsoever. And a huge argument that I will attest to is selling at a higher price will take no additional effort from you than it has to sell it at the price it was. Exactly. Prove me wrong. Raise your price and prove me wrong. But yeah, raising your prices is the number one way to increase revenue without any additional... What, what does it take? Log in to your checkout software or whatever and change the five to a nine and save. You're done. That's the effort it took. Okay? That's Did no you do effort. that while you, were, while you were walking us through yeah. it? <laughs> you can do it right now. Yeah. I'll never forget this story... I don't know if Brandon and I have ever shared this publicly and hopefully he doesn't mind. Hmm. When I met Brandon, this is 2014 or end of 2013. And we met in person because we were both doing YouTube stuff, but he was doing it locally. I was teaching YouTube and he was doing it for small businesses and he was crushing it, or at least I thought. And I was like, dude, this is amazing. He's like, yeah, man, people are buying left and right. All these local businesses are buying my services. I was like, this is great. And he goes, but there's one problem. You know what? He goes, I can't take on any more clients. I'm like, that's not a good problem. That's great. And he goes, well, yeah, but I'm not really making enough money. I can't really like live off of this. And I have, my wife is pregnant and you know, we got bills and all this stuff. And I was like, well, wait a second. So that's the environment I'm presented with. It's like, I'm fully booked out, but it's not enough money for me to live comfortably. Something's wrong there. Right. I said, wait, what are your prices? What are your rates? And he goes, $200. 200 bucks. And Brandon would make a video 
and for a client and like get it ranked on YouTube and Google for their keywords, like like a Thousand Oaks restaurant or something like that. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I just said, raise your prices and add continuity. So he chart, he raised it to like $2,000 with like $200 a month in a reoccurring as a service charge to like maintenance and additional stuff. And I just kind of threw that out there. And he texts me by the end of the next day and he goes, just booked my first client at 2,000 at yes. 200 a month. I was like, dang, it's no additional work. No That's additional awesome. work. And he just completely changed the future trajectory of that business and took that to like a multiple six-figure agency mm-hmm. doing that and continued to raise his prices. And, you know, when you raise your prices, sometimes your clientele change. You attract a higher quality, higher caliber client. They might be more committed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw some like really interesting meme or something. I don't know who this is, so I'm sorry I can't credit you, but I really liked it. And it was like juxtaposing two clients. And the one was the person that when you charge $500 for, they're like, well, could you please take a moment and tell me exactly what I'm getting and what you're going to do for me at this rate of $500 so I can understand full managed expectations. And so it was like, that's like a $500 client. And then it juxtaposed that next to the $5,000 client. It said, okay, payment sent. I know exactly what meme you're talking about. It's so true. You've seen that? Yeah. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just understand when you're getting all your fear and crap, we have episodes somewhere about raising your prices, but just understand that there's a lot there to unpack that we're not going to in this episode. This is more on the business side than the internal side, but you're going to attract such a different clientele when you're not charging Walmart prices. Right. Okay. So that's all we're going to say about that. That was number one. Now, number two, once you've raised your prices, adding the back end. This is like, we've been talking about this for years. I don't know why people don't listen. That's okay. We love you. But increasing LTV is what this is about. Lifetime customer value. Adding a back end to your business model. We have seen for us, it did this. For so many of our high-end clients, it will Double your business. That's what exactly what I was going to say. For us, the second we did this, it doubled Double. our business that year. Yep. It can triple and can quadruple. So what the heck does he mean? What do I mean by a back end? Like you said, increasing lifetime customer value, but it's the idea that a repeat customer is 10 times easier to get than a brand new customer. It's also cheaper to acquire the sale. Yes. So this is something maybe like higher ticket, more intimate, something where they can keep working with you beyond your initial offer. Anything where once they buy or after they buy at some point in the future, you say, really complicated here, hey, if you liked this, I got something else for you. Right, or when your customers are asking, that was amazing, what's What's next? What's next? And you just go, oh, oh, no, 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 I don't have anything else. Right. Oh, how rude of you, that's so rude. But what we see so much is, see the thing is, is you don't see, when you're out there watching all your free webinars and downloading all your free reports and following all these people on Instagram, you don't see anyone else's back end. I know this is starting to sound like you're talking about body parts or something here. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> but you don't see the back end of the funnel. You don't see the rest of it. You just right. see the top. You just see the front. You just see in front of the stage, like we've talked about before. Yeah, you're not seeing people like us, for example, launch our back end no, publicly. You yet. don't see any of that. Mm-hmm. So you just say, oh, here's this person crushing this business and they're just selling this like $200 product. And so what people fall into this trap is they go, okay, I want a million dollars. So what do they do? I got to get more people to buy my 200. Oh my gosh, how many people do I got to get to buy this $200 product? And what you have is there's all this effort and energy going out going, I got to get more people. I got to get more people. And it's like, wait a second, wait a second. James kind of gave me some of the launch guideline metrics. I got to have like 20,000 people in every launch to even get close to that. And I got to do like four launches a year. And it's like, nope, (laughs) nope. You have gotten all these people in. Let's say you had 100 buyers from this $200 product. What are you doing with them? You're just abandoning them? You're not going to continue working with them? Right. They want to stay in your world. I would assume that if your stuff is great, they don't want to leave. And you're not doing anything else to work with them? This is one of the things that our mastermind is the back-end offer. I mean, I would say the vast majority people that join or apply, at least, have worked with us in some capacity in the front end. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. So... I'm not here. We could do an entire episode about, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? It could be a higher ticket coaching. It could be, you know, a mastermind. It could be a group coaching. It can be a back-end membership. It can be just additional support. 
It could be one-on-one. It could be a VIP. There's so many offers, and that's not the, the point of this episode. The point is to point you towards the ways in which you could create additional revenue. And what I'm saying to you as for strategy number two, you could take the buyers that you have that have purchased your stuff even just in the last 30 days and make an offer to them. And you don't need a launch. You don't need a big whole thing. You don't need Facebook ads. You could sit there and say, if you like that, you're going to love this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't need to use those words exactly, but that's the energy behind it. You could even automate it so you don't even have to do anything. Yes. <laughs> and we've seen businesses triple their size, their revenue from doing something like this. Mm-hmm. And then one thing feeds the next and things become easier. They're not disjointed. This is why we talk about the Ascension model. What's that? Join BBD. We're here to teach you these things. We, want, we actually want you to make money. Like this crazy concept <laughs> yeah. that we're fighting for your success. So whew, that was number two. Yeah. And we also just to... Side note on that, we want to help you make money on demand, not because you have to, but because you want to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let's go to number three, which is increasing the point of purchase, increasing the sale of the purchase at the purchase moment, the the value, the purchase value, and increasing that. And it means like if you're getting like sales right now, it's like, yeah, I get a sale day or I do a launch and I have these people, even if it's 10. You know, people keep looking at focusing on what they don't have. Oh, I only got 10. I think, you know what? When it comes to your, your numbers, when it comes to you describing your business, this is another word we need to put in the naughty list. This is another, you need to put this in the swear jar. You're not allowed to say the word only ever again. Mm. I only did 10 sales. I only had five customers. Stop that. Crap. What are you doing to yourself? And what are you doing to those people that actually that did buy? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you're having those, you know, sales trickle in or that even that small launch, whatever it is, there is a magic possibility and opportunity that happens at the point of sale, at the checkout. And when they're putting in their credit card and you can add value, you can add an offering there. We call these upsells and downsells because they're in the buying mode. Mm-hmm. We're not here to teach you upsells today. That's not going to happen, but we're just pointing the finger to that which I know of so many people, us included, where you add an upsell or two or a little downsell or whatever, and you can drastically increase revenue to your business without any additional work. Yeah, when done right, you can expect like 20 to 30%. Absolutely. On it. Mm-hmm. So imagine adding even just a 100 to $500 upsell once they say, yes, I want this initial product, and then boom, they have an upsell in front of them that invites them for something else that is the right fit, done the right way. Complimentary to the original offer. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to help them get the results quicker, faster, maybe with more support or something like that. And imagine having 20 to 30% of your buyers also say yes to that. Run the numbers. We told you about, you got to know your numbers. So say, man, if I'm getting like 10 customers a month, I get three of those, two to three of those to take an upsell for an extra, that's an extra 1500 bucks at $500. I make an extra 1500 bucks. What would I need to put in place to make that extra 1500 bucks that would make it worth it for me? Yeah. Run those numbers, run those scenarios in your mind and see if it's worth it. But we do that all the time. And a lot of the times it's things that are just like no brainer. Oh, hell yes. It's like, like a template or coaching or, you know, more support mm-hmm. or even great upsell that we talk about is when you have a payment plan, like paying off the payment plan yep. as an upsell. That can be an upsell. Fun fact, BBD was originally sold after our original beta launch it was sold as an upsell. It Back was. In the day. To yeah. what? To, to, to video, video ads. Mm-hmm. No, to Facebook video ads. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. So we'd sell <laughs> Facebook video ads. We had a funnel for that. And then we'd say, hey, join in the beta right. of this program. And I think I put 800 bucks on it. That's how yeah, it started. something like that. Mm-hmm. For like the beta of it. I mean, it wasn't even finished. No, you were people like were, still going through the live rounds. Yeah. People <laughs> were buying all the time. It was amazing. Let us know if you came from that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. It'd be great to reconnected mm-hmm. to you guys. That was a long, that was a beginning of 2016. Yep. So that was number three, right? Yes. Number four. Continuity. Continuity. So this is just the idea first, like we just want to bring it to your attention that I think every business you need to have to, to just stay healthy. We got to find a way to add continuity into your business. Yes, you can call payment plans continuity. That's one way to look at it as a choice. Not everyone agrees with that but to have a membership, to have even something where people can renew. Like we even look at like our mastermind and coaching programs as a form of continuity. Right. Because it's a 12 month program, but we ask everyone to renew for another year. 
So that is a form of continuity because we can predict future revenue. Mm -hmm. So what continuity is, is the opportunity for you to not needing to sell again or acquire new customers and have people continue to pay you, whether it's monthly or an annual base. And that is going to create a level of predictability and certainty of future revenue in your business. And you might as well do that. So even looking at what you have now or what is just looking at all your offerings, is there a way that I could turn something into continuity or add continuity? So for example, a thing a lot of our clients do is they add a backend membership. So now you're hitting two birds, one seed, (laughs) feeding two birds with one seed where you combine our strategies and say, I have this front end product. And after that program is finished, I invite people to stay with me for additional support monthly in a back-end continuity membership. They pay every month to get additional support. That is two birds, one seed. I'm attracting the buyers to stay with me again. That's back-end. And we're going to do it from a continuity model. And once you kind of know how long they stay, you can start to predict the revenue. And this is really interesting because... I grew the business significantly when I added continuity. This is back in 2013. I created a membership called Real Marketing Insider, $49 a month. And I was in a peer-based mastermind with a lot of amazing people that you know today and look up to and follow. And we were all kind of doing our thing, getting started and figuring it out. And I would do this membership and I would do my launches. And I would come to the mastermind and I would kind of embarrassingly like just kind of discouraged share my launch numbers because they were all doing these launches for like $500 to $1,000 products and they're doing like $100,000, $150,000 launches. And I'd come in with my fifteen dollars to $20,000 launches. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like, man, I'm like the loser in the group. <laughs> you know, it's like I did 15,000. But what I didn't realize at first is as envious as I was of them, some of them were a little jelly jelly of me eating a little peanut butter jealous sandwich. (laughs) Why? Because even though I was making like $20,000 in my launch, what I was doing was making $20,000 a month. Mm. So they would make their 150 and then they go, okay, wait three months. I'm going to go do that again, which is great. There's, There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong about that. People keep saying, what's the best? What's the right? What's wrong? It's you know, grass is always greener. Stop having that singular focus viewpoint of like, there's this one right thing. You know, you got to factor you into the equation. How do you like running a business? What do you prefer and don't prefer? And, you know, I want, I kind of was like jealous of the vanity metrics, but then I realized I made 20,000 that month. And guess what? The next month I had 19,000 just come in without any additional work. And then 18,000 and then 17,000 and 16,000, right? Oh my goodness. And then you launch again and you're adding 20,000 on top of that. Exactly. And it adds and it adds and it adds. And all of a sudden the members start looking at me after about a year of this. And they're like, wait, what? Like (laughs) you just keep adding on top of this monthly revenue. I want that, you know? And that was for me a really powerful shift in business because the continuity gave me that certainty that a lot of people probably crave. So, that's something you really got to look at. How are we going to put continuity in? It's not about a membership. I didn't say membership. I said continuity. I have a question. So would this be an example of continuity, putting a proven and converting evergreen funnel in your business? So you know like how much money you spend on ads every week to have that return on investment. Is that a form of continuity? Um, I'm going to say no, because I'm going to say what continuity is. You got to go down at the micro level to an individual user an individual customer, mm. are they on a rebilling plan of some sort, right? Have they agreed to keep paying? Yes, okay. That's how we can say continuity. So even when I renew a program, I have to ask for their credit card again. So it's not technically continuity, but I can sit there and say, like our mastermind, 75% you know, renew or this program, 45% renew. And so it gives me the predictability. So Mm -hmm. it's a sense of it, but no, but I love your thinking because that does create some predictability as well. You know what? Let's add that as a bonus. Okay. Number eight, do you have a product that you have ran as a launch before? Live. Live 
that now you could just set up on autopilot and have it run with ads. So then you've completed that bridge. You don't have to touch it anymore. It's done. And then you can go and live launch something else. Mm -hmm. That's a way to think. We do that. We have a funnel right now. Don't worry, we'll teach it in business by design. Obviously. But we have a funnel right now that in our first, you know, 45 days, Mm -hmm. profited $92,000 in sales. I mean, it is crushing. That's profit. And our ad spend is 300 a day or something like that. Yeah, it's like, that sounds right. It's not much. Three to 500, depending on the day. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's doing really well. Okay, let's go to number five, payment plans. Okay, here's the thing about payment plans. If you don't have a payment plan for the offer that you're selling, add a payment plan because what the payment plan is gonna do, just one payment plan, is it's gonna widen the pool of buyers. Mm -hmm. The people that said, I really want this but can't afford this will now be able to say, I can do this. This is feasible, this works. Right. But you have to have a failed payment process plan in place. Big asterisk there. That's huge Mm -hmm. because... A lot of people don't do payment plans because of that. They're like, oh, but people are going to like people that are going to come in are going to fail and cancel and da, 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 da. And it's like, you're absolutely right. But having that plan in place, and this goes for your continuity too, you know, you need to have that plan in place to get those failed payments back on. This is one of the easiest ways to fill the holes of the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and this is easy. You could have someone on your team do this. This is something we train our high-level clients. We have yeah. a whole process. If you outsource this, you do want to make sure it still makes sense for the profit. Yeah. Because there are people that are going to charge a lot of money mm-hmm. to do this. And it's like, we don't even make any money doing it. Yeah. We it, found a lot of success having someone on our team really take ownership yeah, of yeah, this. Yeah. We do this internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the philosophy is really simple. Someone said yes to work with you. And that means they decided that they want to finally get this problem solved that you're going to help them with. And then for whatever reason, they fail. Maybe they go, oh, I don't want to pay for this anymore. Oh, I need this money to go pay for something else. A lot of times it's kind of nasty stuff like that. Yeah. Or sometimes it's just your credit card changed. Yeah. Or if I forgot to change my card and all this stuff and that's fine. But sometimes the entrepreneur doing the selling goes, oh my gosh, I don't want to reach out to them or oh, I don't want to be that person. It's like, well, you know, someone on your team, it's best if they do it. Mm -hmm. But the way we look at this is very simple. When that person's payment failed, they're also failing on their path. And we look at it as it's such a powerful opportunity to get them back on the path, mm-hmm. back in the program, back in the curriculum, back in the work. Believing in themselves and their dreams. Exactly. So, you know what? Like, I just, I can't do this or da, 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 da. And we've had these transformational conversations with people that really struggle with payment plans. And we worked with them and got them back on track and made a new plan for them or created a goal to work with them in some way. And they've become superstar students. Mm-hmm. So we fight for our people. As I said, there's a reason you signed up. And, you know, people get back in their patterns. Like maybe they choose a payment plan because they had certain financial patterns and decisions in the past. And now they're repeating those. And when we sit there and say, stay with us, like we can help you through this, they start to change. And when they change, they don't repeat those patterns and they start making more money and they start having more success. Mm-hmm. And, We've literally had people saying like, because you fought for me, because you worked with me, like that was the decision point that had my success become possible because I was giving up on myself. I was going back into my old ways and old patterns. And it's like, we fight for our people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you signed up for this for a reason, not just because it was a pipe dream or you click a button and magical fairy dust would, you know, change your life, but because you were finally committed to do something. And then for whatever reason, you stopped doing it. Exactly. And we're here to get you to do it again. And so you have to, I I think it's so smart to have the payment plan option. And I'm not here to talk about which one's the right one, but anyone, even just taking something down to a two pay. Yeah. A three pay. Exactly. A six pay. And in business by design that we teach that, you know, during your card open period of the launch, you should always have a reason to mail. So having a payment plan drop is a great reason during your launch to mail. It's great news. It Mm -hmm. just makes things a little easier for people. Okay. Let's move on to number six. I think... There are so many opportunities abound with affiliate revenue. Yeah, this is kind of like a two-parter also. <laughs> this is a two-parter? <laughs> kind of. That is, that yeah. is, it is a two-parter. So affiliate opportunities. The first one is anything to do with like tools, yeah. software. Recommendations. Recommendations. Really. Mm-hmm. Amazon stuff. There is a fantabulous... I got to give a shout out to my two favorite guys on the internet, the Brown Bros of Primal Video. Because they turned me on to this great little piece of software called kit.co. Kit.co is like, how do you describe it? It's like your custom 
shopping lists for different products. So for example, I put all my Airbnb products on kit.co. So if anyone came to me and said, James, I'm doing an Airbnb and I need to know what to buy for the kitchen. I said, I got you covered. Mm -hmm. I'd send them my kit.co kit for my Airbnb kitchen. The blender I get, the microwave I use, the utensils I buy, the, everything that you need for a kitchen for Airbnb. I'm not saying for your dream home. Well, I went to your uh, kit.co and bought a bed for my guest room. It's still good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely still good stuff and perfect for like a guest bedroom. Yeah. And yeah, we, and you see everything displayed there with little thumbnails. You mm -hmm. click on that and I get a little commission. It's not much, but you know, whoop de doo like seven or 8%, but it's great. When we've done stuff on the past with the podcast talking about my health stack, Mm-hmm. From our vitalizer to the magnesium chloride to the vitamins that we use, it's all on a kit. And we just link that kit up. And people ask all the time, James, what was the what was the link that you or how did what did you recommend for this? And I just send them the link. Yep. And it's like, it's not much, but it doesn't take any effort. It's there and it's always there. And you know, what I love because because I haven't announced this publicly, so this is a surprise to some of you guys. <laughs> and I did want to make a bigger deal on announcement, but I did buy, there's a new member in the family. I did buy a van. It's a camper <laughs> van. And so I'm obsessed with doing this myself. I'm going to catalog the whole journey and everything. And you go over to YouTube and you watch all these people that have built these vans and they share all the links to all the stuff they bought. Here's the vent I bought. Here's the like solar panel, electrical panel stuff that I got. Here's the heater. Here's all the stuff. And it's their Philly links. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to give you credit. This was helpful. Thank you for this. And I, I want to give them credit. I want to spread the love. And you guys can be doing that. It takes no extra effort. Those links stay up on your YouTube videos. They stay up on your show notes. They stay up in your bio. They stay on your kit.co and you make a little bit of money. Fun little story. I had this really cool funnel back in the day when we used to teach video stuff and it was my iPhone course. So I had a funnel where you'd go to Facebook ads to opt in for a free ebook and then it would be a webinar to get you into RMI, my membership. So I was getting people into my membership and that was the main revenue generator. But the freebie was an ebook on an iPhone buyer's guide. The whole tagline was brilliant. It was like how to turn your iPhone into one of those $2,000 style cameras for like 50 bucks, right? 50, 100 bucks. And you get the free buyer's guide and the buyer's guide is there to help get you in the membership. But people needed to buy these things. They needed to buy a tripod. They needed to get the little microphones. There was like a little lens case holder lighting thing. Kit. Little lighting kit. And they were all affiliate links. <laughs> and it's not much, but I was making 200 to $300 a month from Amazon just from doing that but that helps to pay the ads. Mm -hmm. So you're let's say you're spending $300 in ads a month and those products are recouping that ad cost. And then a portion of those are bringing new members into your membership and each customer can be worth three to $400 a piece. Holy moly. It's mm -hmm. just, you're just printing money. <laughs> and that was awesome. And it was no extra work. So what are the tools that you use? What are the toys that you use? The software that you recommend? The books that you read. Exactly. Having a book kit, which we're working on that. A lot of people ask for book recommendations. I'm not trying to make a ton of money from it, but it all adds up. Yeah. I mean, if people are asking for it anyways from you, you might as well, you know, take one time to make it an affiliate link and then mm -hmm. you can use it forever. And then this is where this becomes kind of a, we're going to take the two, as Julie said, and mm -hmm. we're going to split it into three. Mm. JV and affiliate opportunities with your digital products. I think it's fantastic because people say like, gosh, you launch every quarter because James says you have to have a revenue generating thing every quarter. It's like, no, we have about two or three unbelievable human beings that we have aligned ourselves with because we've worked with them personally, like Brandon Lucero. Yep. He has worked on our videos before. He has supported us in so many ways that we've hired him in the past and gotten positive results. Plus, he's a really great friend. And that's important to me because I need to know like where their heart is and mm -hmm. who they are as a human being. And people like Catherine Zenkina yep. and Jim Fortin. These are people that I have all worked with, all become friends with. I know who they are inside and out. You know, I know who they are as a human being, not just an image that they portray on the internet. And we support them because they've helped us and they've helped other customers in the past. So we will have quarters in the business where we launch to promote them. That is revenue for us. And that affiliate revenue... When you're like, this is a great program, you should get it, doesn't require fulfillment from you. Mm -hmm. So you just generated revenue without needing to do anything after the sale. This is one of the ones that we're talking about where you get to increase revenue. And really, affiliate revenue is uh, from these like, from promoting the right people in the right way, is an opportunity to have the most massive boost 
in your profit mm-hmm. because you know it's almost like those people are going to buy and they could have an opportunity to buy through you and you don't have to fulfill on in it. So you're done with it. See, a lot of what we've been talking about is, and we're going to talk about this in the next episode too, is time is an expense. So when you go sell a program and you're like, and you hear all the people say, I just made $100,000 in three days, but what they've signed themselves up for, the time and the energy and the drain, they're toast. You know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. But when you can go make $100,000 promoting someone else's product and then the cart closes, you hear that noise? What is that? That's me wiping, wiping the my, dust. <laughs> my, my hands. I'm done. It's now that person's job. And that's why it's very important that you align yourself with the right people because you need to be able to 100% trust that those people are in the right hands. But when you do that right, you're yeah. done. And then you're on to the next revenue generating activity. Yeah. And I think people might be like, oh, but I don't want to send you know buyers somewhere else. But you're creating buyers. Buyers are buyers. Yeah. So just because you're sending them right. elsewhere doesn't mean they're, they're going to come back. They're still in your world. They're going to come back and buy from you later. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And some of our best customers and people that like accelerate the fastest are people that have gone through multiple different programs with us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if you're the best and you're the awesome, what do you have to worry about? Exactly. It's just a scarcity mindset right. too. And I will say this too. You guys, like we just come up with so many cool things to share with you guys to help you make more money. There is back-end opportunities from an affiliate opportunity. You start to combine these. This is so amazing. You guys, if you're not excited about this stuff that we're talking about, you should not be in business. I'm just going to say that. Like you just shouldn't be in business if you don't get as excited. I've been doing this for 15 years and it still excites me. Mm -hmm. And if you're not excited about this, you should not be in business. I love you so much, but you got to check in. It's like, this is probably not meant for you. I just wanted to be an influencer. I wanted to be popular or I wanted to be on stage and get standing ovations. Great. Be a speaker or something. That's awesome. I love you. But like being a business owner and being that CEO and being in the driver's seat, if these things don't excite you, Consistency and momentum are sexy and fun if you make them. (laughs) Absolutely. But to sit here and say, wait a second. Oh my gosh. Is James telling me that I can go be an affiliate for somebody, generate revenue from that, increase the profit margin because I'm selling somebody else's product, and then offer a bonus as an affiliate that is something like a virtual event or an in-person event or something like that, where then I can make an offer as a back-end offer to sell more of my own stuff and generate revenue from that. And yes, I'm saying you can do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have done that. Yes, we've seen other people do that and do very, very well. Yeah, I'm bleeding into our next topic a little bit, but you could also, for the people that don't join the other program, they might just want to work with you. So then you can make them an offer. And that is our next one. That's such a good Mm -hmm. one. I have one more uh, way to look at this. This is kind of like the number three with affiliate opportunities is let's say you have a product. Let's say it's doing pretty great. And you're like, you're kind of like, how do I get more customers? How do I get more customers? One joint venture webinar (sighs) can change everything. Mm -hmm. You go connect with somebody and you're like, hey, you have an audience that would love my stuff. Let's do a joint venture webinar. Invite them to a webinar, your people to a webinar. I'll come on, I'll teach and I'll share it. We'll make an offer and we split it 50-50. So you attracting JV partners and, and affiliates to promote your stuff that you've already created, that you've already done, put you in front of more. All you gotta do is show up and do that webinar and you're generating more revenue. Mm-hmm. There's the three in one for number six, which is affiliate opportunities. Three ways for affiliate opportunities. Number one is to promote and the, the software and tools that you recommend. Number two is for you to promote the influencers, the course creators, the programs that you endorse. And number three is to attract affiliates or JV partners to promote your stuff, even if it's as simple as one JV affiliate and one webinar with them. Mm-hmm. We built multi-million dollars in sales with Video Traffic Academy with just that strategy. I was hopping on webinars that were being hosted by JV's affiliates like three times a day for 30 days straight. And we did a couple million in sales with that product in like a year. I mean, it was just like, boom, boom, $97 product. Boom, 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 right? It was amazing. It's a great way to get around that feeling that some people have like, oh, I don't want to exhaust my list too because you're reaching new audiences. Yes. Okay, we're gonna take you to the last one that Jilly was teasing you a little bit. So you should be super excited. I'm, this is like my favorite. And this is what we call, I think we coined this term because I've never heard anyone else say it. Not trying to take credit, but give me credit. Give it to me. Give me that credit. Patent pending, copyright, launch stacking. Yep. I don't know. Do other people say that? I don't know. I don't care. I was kidding about the credit thing. Launch stacking. So what you have to understand is people, here's what most people do. 
And this is why most people struggle. They do their launch. They put all this work. I do, oh my gosh, I wrote so many emails. I was on Facebook Live and all this, uh, uh, all this effort, all this push. And then they're not happy with the sales that they mm-hmm. got. Or some are happy with the sales, right? You're, yeah, like, oh my gosh, this is better than I thought. But the launch is over. That's the first mistake is they think it's over mm-hmm. right there. And it ain't over until you say it's over. Right. When we do a launch, only three to 5% of people buy. We do million, multi, multi, multi-million dollar launches and it's three to 5%. Yeah, with tens and tens of thousands of people going through it. And they're all saying no. Mm-hmm. 40,000, imagine 40,000 people saying no to you. <laughs> and we don't focus on that part, <laughs> right? But here's the thing, they went through it. They got this value, they had this energy, they had this experience, they had this, wow, I learned, I grew, I'm, I laughed, I cried, I'm a different person now. 95% of those people that didn't buy. And if you're not sitting there saying, what happened to those 95% people? Mm-hmm. Where are they at in their head? I mean, you're missing the juice mm-hmm. because this is where launch stacking comes in. The backend opportunities for people that did not buy that first offer. I have so many examples of this that we could just go on and on and on and on. <laughs> so many examples. I'm gonna give you an example right now. Last year, we did an affiliate launch for somebody else. The launch ended. And we offered bonuses during the launch. We did very well in that launch. The launch ended. We offered bonuses. I took one of the bonuses out. So they would have gotten these bonuses for free when they bought the $1,000 program from the affiliate. I took one of the bonuses out that we already had and went to everyone who didn't buy and said, here's this program for 197 Is that what the price? 200 bucks? Yeah, something like that. Two or 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. And... We had a new member running the whole thing, so I didn't even do it. And we made a lot of mistakes. Yep. <laughs> and still did about twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars for that. Mm-hmm. Couple just e- a couple days, yeah. Couple emails and one five-minute video in a couple days and an extra twenty thousand dollars in sales. Mm-hmm. No Facebook ads. We did nothing else. The bonus was already there, the product was already created. We were offering as a bonus for free if you bought the 997. For everyone who didn't buy the 997, I said, hey, we got this thing for 300 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it was. 20 something thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. That's launch stacking. I, I will never forget, we teach this in Business by Design, this whole case study. Lisa Keeker wanted to do a $300,000 launch for her $2,000 product. She did the launch, she did 150,000. I said, hey, it ain't over yet. I said, I got a theory, let's test it. I said, my theory is, is that there are people that loved your stuff that didn't buy your $2,000 course because they don't want a course, they want more with you. Let's create a back-end, higher-ticket, more intimate coaching offer. It was like 10, 15,000 to work closer with her and launch it to those people that didn't buy. Sure enough, she sold it out and made an additional $150,000. What's 150 plus 150? 300. What was her goal? 300. 300. Launch stacking. We do this in our automated funnels. Yes. We don't buy that product, we have another offer for you. This is a great way to utilize exit surveys. So if you're just simply adding this will give you so much clarity in your launches as well. Just adding a simple email that sends out like the day or two after your cart is closed. That's just ask them a simple email for feedback. Like, why didn't you buy? Mm -hmm. We give people a few different options. Click one, it's tagged. Mm -hmm. Then they get it they could get a different email with a different offer. You know, see, simple, something as simple as this as it kind of combines two of the strategies would be like, oh, it's too expensive as one of your options. Right. And then you send them a smaller payment plan. Yeah, bigger, uh, an easier payment plan. Yeah, or something exactly. Like that. Mm-hmm. We actually did a back-end launch stack after the BBD launch this past year. And that was kind of just on the fly, like yeah. an idea. So before the launch, we ran these two paid workshops that were $300 a piece how to design your online course and how to nail your niche. And then we offered them for a little promo period for 97 bucks each. And then at the end of the launch for BBD, we said, these were 300 bucks again. We said, Mm -hmm. you can get them for 97 each or 150 for both. Mm -hmm. And just made that offer for I think 48 hours. Yep. I mean, that's it, just emails to like a little add to cart button. And I think it did about $75,000 mm-hmm. in in doing that. Right. And it's like, you know, that's great. Mm-hmm. No ads, no launch. We didn't do a webinar. We just, I made a, to help more people. I just made a little video yep. saying, here's a little thing. And for people that want that, here we go. And this will kind of help you get ready for next year. That was awesome. Right. People were like so thankful. It's like, thank you because maybe I'm not ready for business by design or, you know, that's what they say. You're all ready for business by design. I, we had somebody in the DMs like, I hope you hear this. And you're listening. Someone said, 
I'm not ready for for business by design yet. I'm not at six figures. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know where people come up with these things, but like, you know, maybe you're not at six figures because there's something that you're missing in your business that we could help you in there in the program. I don't know where people get, you know, people kind of just get, oh, it has to be for someone at a certain level. And it's like, it's about commitment level. It's right. not about business level. It's about if you're like, ah, I'm just dabbling. I'm not really serious about this. Like, it's definitely not a right fit. But you could have started your business yesterday, but you're like, this, I've burned all the bridges. My hat's already over the wall. I'm in it to win it. Then you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. It's a right fit for you. It doesn't matter. So I don't know where people get those things. But Yeah, we've I, never said that. No, <laughs> I hope people hear that and they're like, oh, okay, then I'm going to be ready this year. No, we got plenty of time. Don't worry. We're June. June. 2021. We got some exciting stuff in store for you guys. So get ready for that. Okay, we did it. This was a powerful episode. I think seven ways that you can start with less effort, increasing revenue with the purpose of increasing profit margin as well. So you have a healthier business. Here's those seven ways again. Number one, raise your prices. Number two. Adding it back in. Number three, increasing the revenue or value at the point of purchase. Number four, continuity. Number five, adding payment plan options. Number six, affiliate opportunities. And number seven, launch stacking. These are seven ways. I just want you to choose one. Get going with one. Don't try to do seven things at once. That rarely turns out well for you. It just keeps you busy and running around like a chicken with your head cut off. We don't want you doing that. Right. And the integrator in me says, if you're going to do this, set it up so it's you know, one and done. (laughs) Yeah. So I know these are a little bit longer episodes, but these are important episodes. Oh my goodness. These are so important episodes. I want you having a healthy business. And that's really what this series is about is to have you look at and create a level of mindfulness and awareness around the health of your business. Is my business healthy? How healthy is my business right Mm -hmm. now? Okay. And these are some, all these episodes down to business is different topics and areas we're going to get into about helping you have a healthier business. I want that for you. Like crazy concept. Somebody wants you to succeed and be successful. And keep more of the money that you make. Exactly. And just keep rocking and rolling. So let's freaking do that. We have Mm -hmm. more in these series coming your way. So stay tuned. Please share this episode. Get the word out about these episodes. They're important. Let us know which one you decide to start working on. Give us your feedback on these episodes. What has been had the biggest impact in your business? We want to hear from you guys. And, and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. Hi, James here. And thank you so much for tuning into our very special Down to Business series that we've created for you. And I think the fact that you've made it here to the end means that you're the type of business owner and entrepreneur that knows just how important these topics are to actually running a successful business like an actual business. And I wanted to help you with that. One of the many things that I've learned and discovered over the years as a tool that has allowed my team and I to perform at higher and higher levels is something called a scorecard. You see, when every member on your team owns a very specific metric and you track that metric every week, you're going to see your performance naturally increase. And although this may overwhelm some entrepreneurs at first, what metrics do we record and how do we record them? We wanted to make it easier for you. So I've got a very special gift. When you opt in for my little special freebie at jameswedmore.com forward slash scorecard, I am going to give you absolutely free, a scorecard template that you can immediately plug and play into your business. Plus, as an example, you're going to learn from the exact scorecard that I use in my own business to run our eight-figure company. This is a plug-and-play pre-made tool that you can immediately go to work and use in your business, even if you only have one additional team member part-time working for you. Implement this now. Do not wait. It is that valuable. Head on over to jameswoodmore.com forward slash scorecard to get your free scorecard template right now. Hey, it's James here. And if you're like me, it's very easy to get overwhelmed by all the new content that you're learning on a weekly basis, especially when you have someone like me who's producing at least an hour on the podcast every week. That's why I want to invite you to tune in and re-listen to some of the best segments and highlights of our show over on YouTube. When you visit jameswedmore.tv, you'll get a series of weekly uploaded YouTube videos highlighting the best parts of our show so you can go back and re-listen to the parts that are gonna make the biggest difference for you. That's jameswedmore.tv. Make sure to subscribe and we'll see you over there. Take care.
you know, eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months. I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.